Welcome to the radio podcast, episode number 20. We made it to 20, Cushy. Yay! <laughs> Hi, everyone. So, what do you think about our 26,400, what was it? 411. 411 cans amazing. this year. Um, I'm so proud and just shocked. I'm so happy about that. And, and this is your last year at Delby, mm-hmm. so this is extra special, yeah, I guess. Yeah, G18. <laughs> it, was, it was such a good accomplishment. I don't know. I can't describe it. Like, we were so emotional because we worked so hard for this, and finally, you know, it was worth it, and we're going to make people happy. So. Well, 26,000, uh, 25,000 was, was a ridiculous goal. goal. Yeah, I know. Uh, I remember after we mentioned it, I was like, why? Why did we set it so high? Because the last record wasn't... It was 22,000. Right. I didn't expect us to actually get 25,000. I just wanted us to get 20,000. And that was just... But it was a special year. We had like the letter from the prime minister that you got to open. Yeah. (laughs) The letter from the premier. We had a bunch of celebs. Riverdale people. Right. Yeah, that was great. So it was extra special for our 25th anniversary of Thanksgiving. Good advertisement. Yeah. (laughs) So how are things going? Uh, really good. Uh, it's kind of stressful because it's grade 12 and we have like applications for universities and, and grad trans and, you know, all the scholarship things to do. But other than that, it's really fun so far. It's a, it's a big, big year. Huge. Yeah. The last one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tear up on me now. Uh, no, I won't. I won't. <laughs> That's at the end of the year, Mr. Khan. Right. We, we have a ways to go. Mm-hmm. We have a long time. I'm not leaving you alone for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you want me to What's tell going you? on with Student Council? Student Council. Okay, well, we have formal day tomorrow, Friday the 17th, and we're going to be selling samosas for $1 each. Um, we're also going to sell SPC cards all throughout November um, up till December 6th. There's some good deals on that. Mm-hmm. So it's $10 per card, and you can get up to 5, 10 to 30% off of different places. It's, I think, 120 places you can get discounts at. Uh, yeah, so it's really good for students to, you know, apply for that. And it's cheap as well. And um, Midui is having a bake sale next week. And Grad Committee is also selling popcorn for $1.50 tomorrow. And that's about it for November. Excellent. Yeah. And, of course, we'll get into Christmas stuff when oh, that yeah. happens. There's a lot going on for oh, that. Oh, you guys are, have started today planning for the Christmas assembly. Yeah, all the other clubs have started, too. We're going to get all those decorations and candy grams and hot chocolate sales going. Uh, yeah, get the Christmas spirit on. You know? I really like the decorations for Diwali that we, oh, we yeah. put up. The Cultural Club this year is really good. They so did a really they're, good they're job. They're good with the decorations. Yeah. So maybe we can do the same thing for Christmas. Yeah, that's what their plan is. Deck the halls. And we're also going to have um, a clothing drive. A clothing drive? Yeah. The Good. cultural club's doing that, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Good. Anything else you want to plug, Cushy? No, that's about it for now. This episode, we talked to Jacob. You know Jacob? Which one? <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Andreessen. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah? What did you talk yeah. about? Yeah, well, well, he plays guitar, and he was oh, a, yeah. he's a really good actor, too. Oh, really? Although he's okay. kind of given that up for his music career now. Wow. And he plays for the Oak Stones, which is a, a band that's oh, made up of awesome. well three Delview grads. Uh, and, and one other person who's a drummer. So we hope to hear more about that because they have a single that's coming out. Oh. Um, so keep track of that on social media. Is I think he going to pursue it after high school too? Like as a professional Well, we'll see. Career? We'll see. Yeah, that's good. Listen to the podcast. I will. <laughs> I'm in it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Cushy. Take Bye. care.
your first drama production when you were in grade eight? Or was oh that... boy, no! I believe that was in was grade, it grade nine? nine. That was grade nine. Mr. Was... Mushkin. Mr. Mushnick. Mushnick. Oh, little Mushnick shop from Little Shop of Horrors. That's, oh man, that's a that's a well as deep as I guess you can go. That was your first yeah. production. I remember because I, I asked some people about it after watching it, and Ooh. it was like. Is that his first play? Yeah, that because was my first show. you were so good. And was you had um, broken your foot, right? Or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really funny. Yeah, for the role. I that's a that's that. a memory. Um, I was in PE, and we were playing soccer. And uh, I remember, like, I don't know. I guess I sprained uh, the, the the foot. I must have compressed the bones or something. But I remember coming into the gym after the class, and Hannah Baker, who was also in the production, who's since graduated. Um, she said to me, she said, damn, I knew someone was going to get hurt like a week before. And it was, uh, I think a week or two before the play. So for the first, um, for the matinee, which was the show that we did for the elementary school kids, I walked with crutches and that was a a chore. But then after that, I kind of sucked it up and, and used a cane and kind of took it as a method acting. So you, you actually broke it before it started? Yeah, I I, uh, I guess, I, yeah, as a sprain, I sprained the foot. And you just worked it into your character? Two weeks before, maybe, <laughs> and I just worked it in there, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So that worked out really well? Yeah, it really did, it yeah. really did. Yeah, I remember asking everyone, like, is this his first play? Because he, he's really good, he's just natural. <laughs> You're killing me. Here. No, I'm serious. And, and you obviously worked on the accent, Oh, oh, yeah, um, that's something I've been able to do since probably grade seven. Yeah. In grade seven, I was big on, you know, adopting all these other accents. Right. And I've kind of put that, you know, put the gabosh on that since then. <laughs> just, I don't know, I could just say, I guess I just stopped doing it. But uh, yeah, the, the, the accent was something that I've been doing probably two years, I guess, before the production. So how did you, how did you get into it? How did you get, like, you into obviously... Yeah, because you started in grade nine. Did somebody ask you if you wanted to do it, or you just saw this? Oh, the auditions coming out, and you're like, hmm, maybe I'll try that. Okay, so it was in grade eight, and I had taken theater, um, and a really good friend of mine, Trevor Morton, mm-hmm. um, who I'm sure you're both familiar with. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he said to me, "Oh, hey, there's um, there's this there's this character coming up in the production Little Shop of Horrors that." you might have the opportunity to throw on the accent for. <laughs> and so I, th- I thought, damn, I'm going to run for it as fast as I can and just put on the best show I can with the accent. Uh-huh. So it was, I guess, my opportunity to uh, show off a little bit <laughs> in a way. Perfect. That's fun. I remember, too, um, was it Mr. Stevens, Miss Stevens' husband? Did he do the Oh, painting? I still have that. He did that. a painting of Mr. Mushnick. I still have that. Based on... Jacob and it hung was in that the in? office on the set. Right. But it was right. big, right? Like it was yep. like a big yep. like oil painting. Yeah, that hangs outside my kitchen. Oh, that's awesome. Go. Yeah. Because it was like in the suit mm-hmm. and the, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that, yeah. That was such a good musical. I loved it. I have the Everybody DVD so actually, because I took oh, really? my son, who would have been four or five at the time, and he just like was enthralled by it. Uh-huh. So I bought the DVD so he could relive it and actually he brought it up recently he said something like oh do we still have that dvd from little shop before us i was like yeah i, I don't that's know so i've got to cool. find it but yeah he just like loved it yeah that's so cool yeah. you guys should have done a cast recording too oh yeah that would have actually been pretty cool too yeah you had that. some good you had some great singers 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I always say that I don't think we could have had a better cast for that. Yeah. Everyone just fit in so well. Yeah, it was really well done. So, And then uh, I guess the year after, was that To Sir With Love? That was uh, To Sir With Love as well as the student-made, uh, student-written, student-directed uh, play called right. Unknown. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Right. Were you into Sir With Love? I was. Were you I was a student. student? He was I was one of the, the nasty. I was the nasty. Yes, old yes, teacher. yes. That's right. Um, <coughs> yeah. Wash, not Washburn. Um, Bray. Uh, no, I don't remember. I can't remember, but I do remember that role now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, that was another one. Giving, that I had to do giving bad advice. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Put on an accent for that one too. So that was that was nice. That was a good. That was a good. I think that was a London. Yeah, that was a challenging it? play. Oh yeah, it was. It was nice though. I think a we lot did. of dialogue. And, oh yeah, tons uh, of dialogue. dialogue mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, was, was that your last one? That was my last production. Yeah, after retired. Yeah, retired. that was my career of two years. Um, I think I had just kind of lost the passion. I'm not really sure what happened, but... Um, well, Turpin told me, well, he wants to get into rugby. I'm like, what? No. Oh, yeah, I wanted, oh, to, Jacob. I wanted to relive grade 8. Because in grade 8, we <laughs> did... we all have rugby? Yeah, because Mr. Ursulak, the teacher that I oh, right. still hold uh, as, uh, you know, on this pedestal as the manliest teacher to ever <laughs> exist. Um, Interesting. In grade 8, no, yeah, in grade 8, uh, he was really... Um, really strong set on getting us grade eight boys to play rugby. And we did, and it was an amazing time. And there's still a trophy out there in the trophy case because of us. And it was, it's a great sport. I loved playing it. Um, it was a great outlet for me at the time and it was extremely fun. So I wanted to, unfortunately we didn't form a team that year and I moved on to other things. Um, but you know, the the main idea was just kind of, I, I didn't want to really do um, theater anymore, and I wanted to do something, I guess, just else, something else. Uh-huh. But um, well, that's about the same time we saw you pick up the guitar and do the live at lunch stuff. Oh right? yeah, I guess so. I guess that's when I grade grade nine ish, grade nine ten. Mm-hmm. I would have started doing live at lunch. I think at the end of grade nine was my first live at lunch, and I performed Pink Floyd song. Oh really? Which yeah, one? Performed time oh, off, okay. of, off of Dark Side of the Moon. Right. Which I believe went really well. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was uh, my first I guess my first live at lunch. So that was uh that was an experience as well. How how long have you been playing guitar? Ooh, um Were there other instruments as well? Yeah, okay, so I own a guitar, an electric guitar, an acoustic guitar, an electric bass, a violin uh, a ukulele. I played the saxophone in grade seven, and recently, maybe two or three months ago, I bought a trumpet. Wow! So it's your instrument, isn't it? Yeah, one of them. <laughs> yeah, one of my instruments. Yeah. So I had been playing guitar for about maybe two, three years at that time. Um, I had played before, but I it was a group lesson, and it was. You know, you had to play uh, Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne, and it wasn't it wasn't songs that I wanted to learn, and so I, you know, I was kind of like, oh, you know, this is lame, and it was on acoustic, so my fingers hurt after, and then um, I picked it up, I think, around the end of grade eight again, um, 
and I'm going to go on record here and say I completely credit Guitar Hero for uh, wanting to, for getting me back into playing guitar. Really? Yeah. 100% Guitar Hero 3, Legends of Rock, I credit for me getting back into guitar. I mean, if you think of Guitar Hero, it's not really playing guitar, but I guess it's the performance it's aspect. It's the motion, it's, similar, it's yeah. the strumming, mm-hmm. um, and it, you know, it's, it's simple, but you make, it, you know, you, you get into music, and I think that it doesn't really matter um, what the cause is, as long as you're able to get involved and even learn, like, how to play the recorder, or how to play rhythm, or, you mm-hmm. know, it doesn't really matter the reason for it, as long as you get into it. Cool. So. Well, I, I never thought of Guitar Hero as getting people into actually playing yeah. an instrument, but yeah. I, think so. I guess it's, it's, it's like, it it's like you're playing you, chords. It teaches you rhythm, yeah. definitely, yeah. and it teaches you strumming patterns. And right? coordination. Um, and yeah, like the yeah, like the left hand like on the fretboard is kind of different. It's, it's five buttons. buttons. Yeah. yeah, so it, that's a little different. But yeah, I think definitely for strumming and rhythm, it definitely would, yeah. What it was for me was I would play like... Um, a Santana song or a Guns N' Roses song mm-hmm. and I would pull off a really killer solo like, you know 100% you know you get the blue lights and everything flashes and you know congratulations or whatever and I just there was a sens- sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. from being able to do that and I said to myself you know it would be even cooler <laughs> if I could actually <laughs> do it on a real guitar right. yeah. so then um, grade 8 I went out and bought oh it was like a no name hundred dollar it had like flames on it and um, started from there. Cool. Like, yeah. And now, now you're just trying different instruments. You just bought a trumpet. So what's that? Yeah. About? Okay. Um, I really, really enjoy, um, I guess jazz. Uh huh. Not well, jazz blues. Not sure. Louis, Louis Armstrong. Oh yeah. I'm totally into jazz. Um, yeah. And I really like the way the trumpet, you know, the trumpet sounds, it's a very, um, not simple, but but um, once you get, I'm probably underestimating it here, but I feel like once you get um, the, the the proper embouchure and you know which which buttons to press and which uh, how much air to blow and how much you know all these things, then the trumpet I think can really shine. Mm-hmm. Um, and just working it into some of my band's material, right? So I think I think that would be really cool if one day we or to write something, including the trumpet. So, yeah, I, that's uh, something I just recently, I think two or three months ago, put $120, $120 down for one of those plastic. Oh, like, the plastic yeah, ones. Yeah, plastic trumpets. That's what those really... actually sound pretty good. Yeah, that's what really got yeah. me into it. I'm like, this is not... This is not... Um, this is not one of those brass instruments uh-huh. that everyone looks at and is like, oh, it's a brass instrument. You must play this way, and you kind of have to have this attitude about it, and you must do this and this and this. When you when you make it into something that's very vibrant red and plastic, mm-hmm. it takes away, I believe, that kind of seriousness and makes it a little more relaxed. And you know that's what I like is the is the relaxed state of it. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess similar to those ukuleles, which you can get for like fifty. Bucks. Oh yeah, my I, I told my uncle I said, hey, I want to can I, can I want to get a ukulele for Christmas, and he went. Bought me a less less Paul looked like a it looked like a less oh, it Paul. Like it's a, an electric. electric. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it a plug-in one then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. So he got that uh, for me for Christmas one year. Yeah. So that was nice. Yeah. That was good to him. 
Yeah, just like any instrument, you play the sax before. So once you once you learn a few things, then yeah. you really put your emotion into it. Yep, it's um, almost like almost like learning a language. Once you you know, once you once you fully uh, encompass one instrument, then you know, moving on to the next, you slowly slowly pick up faster. Especially ones that require uh, require an amateur. Mm-hmm. So going from saxophone and you know putting the lips together and forming your embouchure, eventually moving over to trumpet, you know, your embouchure is relative. Maybe it changes a little, but just allows you to move on faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you listen to somebody like Louis Armstrong that you mentioned, Oh yeah. Like he, he's, he smiles through his trumpet. Like you can hear that. Yeah. Just, he puts so much vibrato yeah. into is playing, yeah. um, and you can almost feel like it's like laughter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is really cool. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and different trumpeters have different styles, of course. But Dizzy Gillespie, yeah, with the improper form and the, right. the cheeks and the neck, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, it's like a blowfish. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, did you ever play any other instruments? Yeah, I mean, you played. You're, the, <sighs> you're a drummer. I wouldn't say I'm a drummer necessarily. I've, I've. But you drum. A little bit, yeah. I've I've dabbled. I I've, dabbled. I used to yeah, dabble in drumming. I I played a lot as a teenager, but sort of more just for fun. And then as an adult, I actually took some lessons in my probably like my mid twenties, but it was kind of expensive, and I just drumming know, lessons. Yeah, um, and uh, I I kind of stopped taking lessons, but I had a drum kit, and then and I. But as I got older, I was living in small apartments, and they ended up just stacked up in the corner. So I sold the drum kit. But then recently, just last year, um, I got an electric, um, nice. an electronic drum kit, which is cool because it's quite small and it just mm-hmm. sort of fits in the corner. And Not so can, much noise. Yeah, you can mic it up to like a like I have a Bluetooth speaker that I play it through, and I mean you can get more elaborate than that, of course. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I've been playing a little more recently. But it's it's I'm mostly self taught, so I just sort of. Just sort of do it for fun. There's a ton of people that are self-taught. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think our drummer is uh, self-taught in a way. I'm not too sure. I haven't asked him, but I know he would play for like two hours straight um, every day. And so he picked up. He's so I think he'd been playing for a year, but every almost every day he would put on his earplugs, put over headphones, and um, put on some Metallica. And his kit, his kit at his house is massive, so he would just play for two hours on end right. every day. And so he got really good really fast. So that's yeah. what it takes, right? Like oh, if you're yeah. if you're into it, then you you mm-hmm. you'll do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I always find it funny people who say, "Oh, I've ever, I've always wanted to do this or that," and they never actually go and do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the aspiration is there, <laughs> but the motivation, not so much. Yeah, you gotta just, I mean, especially nowadays. There's so much self-help online with YouTube yeah. and all the tutorials you can get everywhere. I drove my wife crazy a couple weeks ago when Tom Petty passed away. Oh yeah. I, I have a couple guitars at home and I, same sort of thing. I just sort of strum them like occasionally, but not mm-hmm. very well. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, I'm going to learn free falling by Tom Petty. Cause right. you know, it's Tom Petty. And my brother is like the biggest Tom Petty fan. So I, we were talking about it. He passed away. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I learned free falling. I did. I went on YouTube and I watched like a couple tutorials and I played like the opening um, chords to that song just over and over that. And I drove the whole house crazy. They were just like 
stop playing that intro but it's but i got it down after a couple hours it's like four or five chords uh it's three three chords yeah 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 but um yeah but yeah just from youtube though right really that's all i did it's a few different versions of yeah yeah yeah, you can do amazing. anything like that. It's amazing. What and I think from like for Mr. Kung and I, our generation, that's still kind of a new idea. Yeah. That you can learn anything online, whereas for you, that's just it's second that's nature, textbook. right? Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Well, that was me for a second. Turn that off. We, well, we, that was our nap. We were supposed to wake <laughs> up. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it, nowadays it's just amazing. Like. I picked up a ukulele as well. I played a little bit of gu- guitar before when I was, um, I think I started in grade seven. Just We had a grade seven class, and the, the teacher was nice enough to have a whole bunch of guitars in the cl- classroom. So he taught us basic chords and basic um, uh, finger picking and stuff like that. Um, and just a few years ago, I picked up a ukulele, and I was like, I'm looking for another instrument just to try, just like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. Cheap. Accessible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not the greatest ukulele, but it's an ukulele. It makes people smile when you just strum yeah. a few chords. Sounds right? like the islands, right? Yeah, who, exactly. Who hates Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody, exactly. that's Sur- true. Yeah, surfing. Oh, man. I'd love to Pineapple. You've been to Hawaii? I wish. I've been to Denmark. <laughs> You've I, been to Denmark. I've been to a Denmark. A little bit different. Are you Danish? Yeah. I am. Okay. I, am. I was wondering about your last name. I thought. I oh yeah. Okay. My la- the last or... name is German. Um, is it? And I've only seen it in one other place, and that was in Denmark. How do you say it, your last name? Andreessen. Andreessen. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I've been calling you Anderson for. <laughs> everyone. Anderson? Everyone calls me Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, like uh, like uh, Agent Smith, uh, uh, Major. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but no, it's uh, the last name is German. But my my mom is my mom is Danish, and uh, last summer, last summer for three weeks, my mom and my grandmother and I we went and flew over to Denmark, and uh, went around and saw the country. My grandmother had been a bunch of times before, and my mom had been you know she she came over when she was eleven with my grandmother and my aunt and my uncle, um, but I had never I had never been on a plane at that point, so that was. A real nice, like a nice experience, just flying over and seeing all the extra family that I have too. That was, you know, amazing. The best, probably the best few weeks of that year. Is that the only place in Europe you've been? I um, went to the so the main part of that trip was Denmark, um, but we also took like a day trip or two day trips over to Sweden, and. Uh, I think a day trip down to Germany, the very north part of Germany, like just on the border. Yeah. So we, you know, we didn't really get to the heart of Germany, but we 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 visited um, one of the town centers, which is kind of like um, it's like an open open mall. Mm-hmm. It's like a mall, but it's on the air and it's not in the sure. building. So that was a really nice experience too, and um, really calm, relaxed environment. Walked through. I believe I walked through Copenhagen at night, which was really just a complete different sight um, from the daytime. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not sure if it was Copenhagen or some some other city at nighttime. But uh, yeah, amazing, amazing country. Love it there. I see myself going back one day to Denmark. You, oh yeah. Do you do the? I have a really a close friend is is Danish. I believe we've talked about this yeah. before. 
And I know I, I always kind of joke in Bucker because they have all of these Christmas traditions. Oh, the you, Christmas you, uh, traditions. Are you oh, versed man. in the Danish Christmas? What are the Christmas traditions? Okay, so... There's many. There are, yeah, there's a lot. It's a lot of eating, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, um, yeah. Which is good. Yeah. And the Nissa come, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Nissa. They're they're yeah. like the little naughty elves, right? The, you, the, yeah, you hide the elf. The the one of the parents hides the elf every night, and you have to find him in the morning. And then if you, you find him, you I don't know, I don't remember how it goes, but um, that was something we we did a lot as kids, and even now. So you had these toy elves. The yeah, you had the toy elves. Um, we would stay at my grandmother's in on winter breaks, and she would every night, you know, once we had gone to bed, she would hide a little elf, maybe five inches in height uh-huh. she would put him on shelves put him in book stands and every morning we would rake, uh, wake up and race all around the house um, and try to find the little elf and usually he would have some candy he'd be sitting on some candy or sitting on you know something we'd get, you know, get the little chocolate and then you found the elf and then you give him to grandmother and then she goes and hides him again at the very end of the night <laughs> You repeat for 24 days. <laughs> so this really is for, like, 24 days of candy. Yeah, pretty much. Cool. And um, in Denmark, they have not only the 24th, or not only the 25th, but the 24th. I'm not sure. I just know that I celebrate both the 24th and the 25th. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know if you guys, what do you only do? Like the Christmas Eve? Yeah, Christmas Eve um, is kind of like the big... Christmas Eve is where the big gifts are. Uh-huh. And then Christmas Day is uh, stockings and, you know, more of the smaller stuff. But Christmas Eve is where you get together with the, you know, the mass, the, the big family. And mm-hmm. you, you know, those are that. That's the, that's like the, the keys to the new car or the, well, I, not, 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 not that, you know, not that much. But that's where the, that's where the whole get together is. And then Christmas Day is each family, like the families are separate. Like my cousins, they would be at their house and I would be with my mom and my grandmother's house. And so, yeah, uh, Christmas Eve. And my friend, they would always do her family on Christmas Eve. They would light the Christmas tree with real candles. Yeah. That's another one. Um, Always free. You like, yeah, Yeah. you have, there's not for long, but okay. It was like a ceremony. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So until it starts burning, what you do is you have these little, um, I, I don't know, candlesticks that are weighted at the bottom so they don't sway and tip. Okay. Um, and you put little candles that are maybe uh, about a centimeter or two in, I guess, diameter. And I'm using two different measurements here, but it's about three inches in height. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you light those candles and you dance around the tree and you sing mm-hmm. in Danish. You sing songs That's in Danish. It, yeah. yeah. And cool. so, yeah, you, you, you know, hold hands, get together. You've got a little song book that's in Danish and dance around the tree and sing in a foreign language. It's quite fun. It's so when you're dancing around the tree, are you, you like holding hands and dancing around the tree? Like, yeah. Like yeah. In the Grinch, like a fairy tale. Yeah. yeah kind of like, kind of like in the Grinch, kind of like that scene in the Grinch, but instead uh-huh. of going side to side, it's just continuous uh-huh. circling. Do you get dizzy at any point? Uh, no, because it's forward movement. Oh, okay, forward movement, and the tree is the tree is you can focus on the wide canvas. enough yeah. that you can not uh, not, not just spin so cir- so uh, so close circles that you get dizzy. 
So are you going to be celebrating like this year? That like, do you still do that? Or is oh yeah, do yeah. Every year, fall away did it last? Or? Did it last year? So you've always done the Danish. Always, yeah. Um, it had kind of been, you know, because uh, I I would choose it would um, I would choose between uh, going with my dad for Christmas Eve and then going with my mom for Christmas Day, and you would kind of rotate between the two uh, mm-hmm. for each year because my parents separated, but. Yeah. Um, so you would, I would choose and the day, the, the years that I would spend with, um, my mom, we always danced around the tree and sang and did all that stuff. So did it last year, did it, uh, two years before that. And there's a, there's another one with, um, the pudding, the rice pudding. I don't know if your friend has told you this. Oh, is that where you have to, you, you find a, you find the you almond to find the almond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. rice pudding. And then yeah, you win a prize or so um, money or something. Yeah. So you have the 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 day before Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, the eve of so the twenty third to the twenty third of December, I believe. <clears throat> you eat what is called raisingol, uh, which means raisingol. Yeah, raisingol. Raisingol, um, which means. Uh, rice pudding, rice porridge. Sure, I think I might I might be a, a little off in translation. Um, but you eat this. It's like a warm. Um, it's a warm mm. rice pudding I love rice that pudding. that my you know my grandmother would always make, and you eat that, and you have it with butter and cinnamon oh, and wow. sugar, and it's oh, artery clogging, but Doesn't absolutely matter. delicious. Um, and then. It, you you make it in mass, mm-hmm. so it's a very large a very large pot mm-hmm. of rice pudding, and you have it warm the one night, and then for the Christmas Eve dinner, so on the twenty fourth, the next day, the next day you have the same rice pudding, um, but you serve it as a dessert after the dinner, and so what my grandmother what you do is um, you have the cold the, it's chilled chilled rice pudding. And um, you have almonds with it. And so what the chef, the cook, um, my grandmother, what she would always do uh, is you cut up almonds, cut up almonds, cut up almonds, and take the almond slices and put them into the rice pudding. And then she will take one whole almond and put it in the mix and mix it all around and mix it all around. And I think last year it went uh, oldest to youngest. To pick, or it might have gone youngest to oldest, but you you pick and you take the amount of rice pudding that you want. And if you are the person who picks the rice, the amount of rice pudding with the almond, you get a special little gift for getting for finding the almond in the you know it's this big mystery of scanning the table and poker faces all around and who's <laughs> wow. got the almond and by the end someone's holding it there in their teeth and you say damn they have the almond but you have the rice pudding. So yeah, but the rice pudding. The rice pudding. I would eat so much rice pudding. Oh, it's absolutely delicious. So is it like any other rice pudding? The prize would be the rice pudding for. Mr. Oh, I would probably eat the almond. <laughs> I wouldn't even notice. It I wouldn't even gone. notice. I'm <laughs> inhaling that stuff. I love rice pudding. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, yeah. That was a that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dish. Yeah, maybe, hot, uh, hot. I'm, I'm going to do that this year. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's not Danish, but just yeah, ah, whatever. Yeah, that's whatever. Honorary. Yeah. So Denmark, the home of Lego. Yep, the home of Lego. <laughs> did unfortunately, you, I did not. You didn't, I didn't oh, get to you go. didn't see it. No, unfortunately okay. not. But I did get to go into Hamlet's castle for what? for cool. for you theater nerds there. 
Um, I went inside Hamlet's castle. Was that the castle that the play was based on, or is there some sort of... Or did they just make a castle? <laughs> no, no, that's like a real castle yeah. that was built. Um, I believe it was built uh, when there was tensions between Sweden and Denmark, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of used as a fort for uh, Denmark and for defense. There's a bunch of cannons that line uh, the shores, mm-hmm. and I believe the story was... The story was... Bills uh, based around the castle because Shakespeare yeah, always Shakespeare always wrote um, his plays in foreign locations, right? Yeah, because he didn't want um, people to think about those events happening. Yes, what in England? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, and and most of his stuff is it's like historical fiction, so it's based on some fact, but mostly oh, fictionalized. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, the, that's I think the idea is that may, may, the story may have started with the castle, but mm-hmm. and Hamlet as an actual person, mm-hmm. but the story itself is mm-hmm. fictionalized, right? Yeah, and so we went into Hamlet's castle, and they have um kind of a basement <coughs> area that was very you know very cre- you know I'd I'll, I'll say it was very creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of this dark, uh, damp place where, you know, it's very echoey and it's the foundations of the castle. And there is this big statue of a Viking, you know, typical, typical Viking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sitting cross-armed and cross-legged with his shield in hand, or I guess shield and sword by his side. Uh, his name escapes me at the time. But um, he was said that <clears throat> he was a giant that was resting underneath Hamlet's castle that would protect Denmark and rise to Denmark's defense should Sweden attack or should anyone attack. Mm-hmm. So he waits there asleep, sleeping under Hamlet's castle for the day that Denmark... So if Sweden never rises up? So if Sweden never gets a little too upset... Over the fact that Denmark is a little bit better than them, <laughs> then, uh, then, uh, that's pretty cool. I forget his name. Huh. Not sure. So he may, he may be called upon in the future. Yeah. To defend, uh, Oh, yeah. So you country. went down to this basement and you saw this guy. Oh, yeah. And I got a picture with him. Uh, well, okay. It's a statue. It's, yeah. Yeah. Marble, I think. Porcelain. I'm not sure. Did you get a sense that something was lurking beneath the surface? In the, in the cellar, like the cellar portion and the foundation is separate. Um, from the statue, but in the cellar portion, it was very like, you know, I got this kind of feeling that the eerie feeling. Oh yeah. I, I think I was a little jumpy, uh, when I went mm-hmm. and I think there was like a, a stone that dropped and I kind of, you know, booked it out of there. Cause I just, <laughs> I wasn't having, I was having none of it. Absolutely zero of it. Well, you know, it is pretty old. Oh yeah. You no know, old things. A lot, of stories. A lot of stories for that, for that building. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of castles, though. We, I think we hit one one castle in Sweden that was very tall. Uh, and then, well, I mean, all castles are tall, but that one was like a, a defense tower. Mm-hmm. And it was built up uh, very high. And then there was, I think, three castles that we visited in Denmark. And there was also a, um, a, a Viking museum that had a bunch of ships that they had actually taken from uh, it's a it's a city called Oskild. It's spelled R O S K I L D E. Oh yeah, they have a big music festival yeah. there. Every yeah, day. yeah, the music festival. Oh, that was the one where those people were 
crushed to death during a Pearl Jam set. Like, oh, did that happen? 15 years ago. Oh, I had no idea. Or maybe it was even longer. Maybe that was closer to like 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I a bunch no of people idea. got crushed and Oh, yeah, was that died. a stage collapse? No, it wasn't a stage collapse. I think it was just, it was just too many people pushing up against the barricade. Uh, I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, I think that would, would have, was in like the late 90s or something. I'd have to look it up. But hmm. yeah, it was like a real tragedy. I think like eight or ten people died. Oh, that's something. unfortunate. Yeah. No, yeah. They have a, they have a, they have a Viking trip museum though that they take, they had um, these, uh, I guess, not ruins and not uh, skeletons. Yeah, skeletons of, of the ships. Like mm-hmm. there was, there was, I think, three or four sunken ships that they actually took out of the water uh, in the, the, the Bay Area by the city and, you know, refined them, shined them up and put them on display. And I got to go into um, one of the... I got to stand in one of the trade ships uh, that they, they have, um, you know, at the side of the museum. And so that was also a really fun experience. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of castles, Mr. Kung and I had our picture taken together outside of a castle recently yeah recently where was that disneyland oh that was in disneyland oh that's the worst places i've ever been to a castle that's sleeping beauty's sleeping castle. beauty's castle sleeping Sorry. what were you yeah. two what were you two doing in disneyland we were what? Uh, yeah I mean, the give me the scenarios yeah it's the happiest place on earth yeah how did you what, what, how did both of you end up there though uh, we didn't organize it. Yeah, no. We just both oh, we knew like because we had been talking before we went, so we knew. Yeah, we there's like a day of overlap. Yeah, we overlapped by a day, and actually, yeah. we didn't actually meet each other till like the very end of the day because right. we were texting back and forth all day. Yeah, like, where are you? I'm over here. I'm yeah. doing this, but then we, and then it was like with ten minutes till closing time, <laughs> we finally our families finally met up outside of Peter Pan. And, right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was fun. That was a fun time. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It's not like Denmark, though. No, no, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. No, yeah. That that um, yeah, great great country. There's um, there's a there's an area that's kind of like Playland, uh, called uh, oh Tivoli, and it's uh, kind of like Playland, in the sense of there's rides and there's entertainment, there's restaurants. You know, an amazing place to go. The gardens are beautiful, absolutely beautiful. My mom's cousin, uh, who still lives in Denmark, he does the garden work for them. So we actually got free passes into Tivoli. Tivoli. So that we got to see the Tivoli Gardens. Do they have cool rides? Uh, yeah, I think there's a few cool rides, and there's you know, uh, it's not it's not like the Vancouver Aquarium, but they have tanks of of fish that mm. that they have on display, and you know, very beautiful place. Yeah, yeah, they have um. I guess an Asian garden section uh-huh. where there's um, I'm not sure what building it's it's uh, called what 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 is called but it's like this very traditional uh, almost like the Dr Sun Yat Sen mm. garden right section. I, I'm assuming you you did this trip in the summer. Yeah, this was um, yeah. I always say that I the day I flew back the day that I arrived in Canada was one day before school started. Oh, okay. So if the school school started on the fifth, I set foot in Vancouver on the fourth. Hmm. So that so was. It'd be, it'd be interesting to go there in the winter and see like the. Cause I mean, it's pretty. Cold oh yeah, and snowy it's different. Be, well, it's really rainy too. Yeah, I I hear from my cousin all the time that it's just really just downpour hmm. a lot, well, sort of like. like like here, there's a rainfall. Uh, yeah, today. yeah. Like year, like here, two years ago. 
mm-hmm. was, you know, a year ago it was snowy and, well, my, yeah. people might say dreadful, but I quite enjoy the snow. Yeah. Um, I, you know, enjoy snowboarding and all those winter sports and the, f- the feeling, the weather, uh, walking home late at night and, you know, it's just snowed. And so it's, you know, maybe 2 a.m. You've just had a night out with the boys and you're walking home and, you know, it's not even dark. You can see where you're going just fine, and it's absolutely amazing. Right. So it might be even, you know, even more special than Denmark. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. What are the What are the Danish people like? Oh, okay. Um, can you like Can you get by without speaking? I speak. Danish? I speak enough to uh, get by in maybe five or ten minutes of conversation. Uh-huh. Um, mostly just like. You know, how are you good? And, you know, what are you up to? You know, what's your name? My name is, you know, fairly beginner stuff. Mm-hmm. But but they speak um, great English. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, if you're in most, in all of Europe, uh, everyone speaks amazing English. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's just so drilled into their heads. My cousin not only has to take a Danish course, but he also has to take English. And he has an English exam and so he has to do a bunch of training for it. Right. Um, but you can you can get by in Denmark without fully uh, understanding the language. If you learn, I don't speak Danish, then you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Or I speak English, you'll be fine because everyone understands. Some of the old older folks might you know maybe not so much, but most most everyone um, speaks English. And there was a there was one time we were walking through the town that my grandmother uh, grew up in and I was uh, there was this lady coming out of the corner store and she says to me in Danish, I didn't know what she said at the time um, she said, my grandmother translated it for me, she says uh, not, you know, not a lot of people are smiling nowadays because I had given <laughs> I had given her this big grin and she says to me, you know, not a lot of people are smiling nowadays and oh it's good to see you smile and I said oh yes yeah, I said to her in Danish I said I'm sorry I don't you know I don't really speak Danish and says so I think you you once you engage with the people then that's when you that's when you strike out but before that everyone's very reserved not a lot of people um talk like not a lot of strangers converse on the on transit mm-hmm. but right. you know not a lot of strangers converse on transit and here right um everyone's kind of you know you keep to your path and you go and but but once you start a dialogue with someone and you talk about them and you you, you talk with them about you know who they are and what what they enjoy great conversation mm-hmm. great conversation that's the coolest thing about traveling is like how just learning how people are and like you said, once you once you start once you start introducing yourself, mm-hmm. like you don't you don't go to a place like I've heard people complain before going to certain places, but you don't go to a place expecting everyone just to be friendly to you, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. kind of have to open yourself up to people, yeah, right. Um, but I find like Americans are very different. They're just they just talk to you anywhere. Um, they're very forward, and mm-hmm. you know that's how they are. Um, but you know, going to Europe. We didn't really have any 
trouble with people. Oh, very, yeah. Very, very kind. Oh, Except yeah. one time in France, in the summertime, at the height of the tourist season, That's people France. were very, very, very cranky. That's France. France. Very, very cranky. <clears throat> yeah. I, I had a guy that. yelling at me. Oh, boy. On the... on the Because I had the stroller in the subway, in the, the metro in Paris, and they didn't like that very much. Oh, yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah. Hmm. So... The Oak Stones. What's this all about? The and when did that start? Oak Stones. All right. Sorry so, to change the topic, but we had to get there. Somewhere. Oh yeah, it was. It was. We we all knew it was approaching. <laughs> um, so I have found myself uh, in a band of me and three other fine gentlemen. Uh, just recently, I would say. Uh, I think at near the end of summer, I had joined uh, the band. And it's, um... How did this come about, though? You, you don't just... Yeah, uh... Um, join a band. Yeah, uh, the, the, the lead guitarist and lead singer, uh-huh. uh, Lucas Davies, not in that order, the lead guitarist, Bradley Lambert, the lead singer, Lucas Davies, who I'm sure... Mm, Solly, I don't know if you are too familiar with Lucas. Yeah, you might not know Because um, no, he, he graduated the year that you came to Delview. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar. Um, right. He's not related to Nick, is he? No, he is related to Nick. He oh. is his brother. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Nick. Um, and so they uh, had these. I, I believe they were, you know, having this idea of, hey, we should jam out a, a lot. And um, Bradley Lambert and our drummer Nick Giffen, he, uh, they, they had um, had you know group like jam sessions of mm-hmm. of Bradley would go over to Nick's house and they would you know jam out on some some. Um, what is that? Uh, Black Sabbath or Metallica? You know, Nick. Nick was very, very hard rock at the time. The classics before, yeah. before the before the full formation. Um, and I am actually not the first bass player for the band. I'm an, I guess, new, relatively new addition. Um, there was a homestay. You know, they were they were forming the band. They've they covered all the bases. They had a drummer, Nick Giffen. The guitarist Bradley Lambert and the singer and you know singer and keyboardist and guitarist as well rhythm guitar Lucas Davies and so they needed a man to play bass uh-huh. which you know you, you kind of always you know oh, the bass player doesn't really do much but you always need the bass player I'll get to that in you a always second. need the bass yeah you I'll, I'll, I'll get yeah, to that in a second the machine. So, um, sure. but they had a homestay Nick had a had a homestay from Italy who. Absolutely, you know, loved the chilies, and um, so you know he he had the idea of you know I'd like to you know I'd play bass and I, uh, I'm not too sure on the chili peppers. Yeah, yeah. The okay. oh, sorry, yeah. the red hot chili peppers. Uh-huh. Um, and so they said to him, they said, "Hey, uh, you know, you should play bass for our band." Uh, and so I believe he had been playing with them for maybe two or three. I'm not too sure how long he played for them, but his name was Pietro. Uh, his last name escapes me, but he was a very, you know, very kind, very fun, loving, uh, relaxed Italian. And so at the end of, uh, the semester, at the end of the, um, the school year, his time had, uh, run out to stay in Canada. Mm -hmm. So he was going back to Italy and, you know, near the end of the summer, uh, Bradley Lambert said, you know, we were at a, we were at a, at a party or something, someone's house. And, um, we 
had gotten together and, you know, in the moment, Brad, Brad just kind of said to me, hey, do you want to go upstairs and jam for a bit? So I grabbed a guitar, he grabbed a guitar, we went upstairs and he played and I, you know, I, I played lead, he played rhythm, but I guess that was uh, more or less his, uh, his audition for me or uh-huh. I'm not too sure, but I remember that night very fondly. We, we jammed for probably a half an hour to an hour that night. And then afterwards he said, Hey, uh, you're pretty good. How about you come play bass for us? And I almost didn't accept it. I almost didn't accept the role of the band. I, why was that? At the time, I think, I think it was a mix of, uh, I didn't want to like throw myself into it or, you know, I wanted to do this or I wanted to do something else. Mm -hmm. I, you know, just wasn't fond of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I almost didn't do it. I almost didn't join the band. Um, but I'm so glad now, so glad now that I did because it's just been absolutely life changing. Mm-hmm. It's given me so much opportunity and it's like, rather than just sitting at home mulling over thought and life. playing video games and sitting on the computer for so long, um, it's given me something to do. It's given me, uh, even a new group of friends to kind of hang out with. And there's the camaraderie of it. There's the mood of it. Right. Uh, when you get into a, a session at the studio and you, you write a new song, you know, maybe that night you're really feeling the mood you write a new song. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. The vibe. Cool. It's the studios. We've got a bunch of artwork. We've got some Pink Floyd posters. We've got some artwork from, um, Mrs. Stevens' husband mm-hmm. is hanging around, Dave, yeah. and we've got, I believe, we went to um, Dr. Sun Yat Sen, the garden, and yeah, there's the the, gar- the, yeah. the shop, the little shop. We got a poster for fifty bucks, uh-huh. and that's hanging in the studio now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think the the huge difference is that once you have, once you get a little bit serious about it, and you work towards gigs. Then yeah. it becomes something different than just let's just jam, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. You you start to learn your instrument a little bit better. You start to well, you're putting you know, yourself tweak out there, things. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to. It's got. Yeah. You have to be sharp, right? Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Diligent. Yeah. Open, open to ideas. Yeah. You have to compromising. Compromising is a very, uh, very big thing. With the more the more bandmates you have, the more course, opportunity yeah. you have for. Um, I guess, divergence of thought. Mm-hmm. And so compromising is a very big thing um, that you, you know, have to be open-minded and very, you know, okay, what if we don't do this? Or how about if we have this part of the song go to this, uh, you know, area of the fretboard or, you know, change it to this note instead of this. And so compromising is a very important skill, I would say, for being in a band. And would you say your bandmates, obviously you guys have been together for a short amount of time. Um, how much of it is like the personality of the char- the people in the band mm-hmm. that kind of keeps things running well? Well, we're all out like outside of the band. We're all really good friends. Yeah. Um, Nick, Nick and I, we're the same age. Um, Bradley and I, we've known each other for, you know, quite a while. Lucas, the older brother of one of my, you know, good friends in high, you know, high school. So outside of the band, we're very relaxed and, um, we take the band as, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to say we, we take it, um, a little more seriously than just like, Hey, let's go to the studio and make some noise. Mm-hmm. Right. We actually, you know, we set goals. We have, 
hopefully deadlines. Mm-hmm. And um, we have we have this to do list that we have on our in our studio on the whiteboard. And so I think the thing that keeps us ava- like able to do it is the love for the music, um, just the just the things that we that we do and the things that we play and the personality and the attitude of everyone. Because outside outside the band, we're very good friends. Inside the band, it's I would say even better. Mm-hmm. Where, where did the name Folk um, Stones come from? That is uh, not something I can go too deep into detail about. Mm-hmm. Not because really? not because I can't. Uh, not for secrecy's sake or something, you know, uh, oh, okay. it's just something I don't know too much about. Okay. Um, it's a good name. It is. It's very unique. Yeah. The Oak Stone. It's kind of got like, yeah, like a, it's yeah. kind of weight. old timey. It's got weight. Yeah, it's got weight. Definitely. Yeah, like an old oak tree. Like an old oak tree. Yeah. Stone. Yeah. It's definitely Solid. got weight. It's um, solid. Yes. I yeah. know that a few months before my joining, possibly two, maybe one and a half months, um, I remember Brad, he came into a basement, I don't know, I was hanging out with all the boys and Brad was over and talking to Lucas and he said, I think we're going to have the old souls uh-huh. be, uh, be our band name. And so it kind of took, it took from the old souls into the Oak Stones. Oh, cool. Okay. And so I'm not too sure on the I'm meaning. Sure yeah. I think it was just something where we, you know, Brad, Bradley and Lucas and Nick had kind of got together and said, what about the Oak Stones? Okay. And then it just kind of. Because there's another uh, band with stones in their name that are. The Rolling Stones. Fairly, the Rolling, fairly the Rolling Stones. So I was wondering if it was sort of a play on that, because I know you guys are all into sort of more oh, classic yeah. rock, right? Yeah, we all have very... Well, yeah, most of us have very similar music tastes. I would say we all have um, different backgrounds prior to the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bradley, he listened to a lot of ACDC, uh, Pink Floyd. I listened to a lot of Mac DeMarco, Pink Floyd. So I I have you know a little more I'm I'm more shoegazy kind of effect driven, um, kind of jam fun loving, you know that kind of stuff. So you're not the flea of the band. I'm not. Uh, well, uh, I'm not too sure what you mean I by that. I think there's only one flea. There's only one. Flea. Yeah, there's only one flea. There can only be you're one. Not flea. taking your shirt off. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> He's what fifty four. He still doesn't have wear shirts. No. Um, Actually, I just saw him. I saw him on YouTube last night. He did some. Play the trumpet. Oh yeah, oh, he's like on, a multi-instrumentalist. Uh, oh, is he really? Yeah, he's oh, yeah. an extra. Hey, he played uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" yeah. on, on the, the trumpet? trumpet. Oh wow, that's no, that's flea. But uh, yeah, um, and then Lucas, he listened to a lot of John Mayer. Uh-huh. Um, to as to my extent, I'm not sure what else he listened to, but I know he was you know on the John Mayer. F- I can see that with Lucas for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then Nick, our drummer, he was very heavy rock. He played right. a lot of um, double, double Kick, Black yeah. Sabbath, Metallica, um, Rush. 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 Sure. Yeah. Uh, I love me some Rush. I'm not the biggest Rush fan. We were talking about Rush. Yeah, we were talking about Rush earlier today. I always poke Mr. Sully about music. But we, I think that we all have um, different musical backgrounds, but we're able to come together with these ideas and form it into something that you can, you know, you can say, you can clearly tell, like, oh, these guys very very much remind me of this band, and they take notes from here, and they have influences from this and this and this. And we take all our 
background, uh, our histories, and we all put it into one of the Oak Stones. Mm-hmm. The music we create is nothing but the Oak Stones. Right. People are, people are passing notes to me <laughs> under the door. I think it's okay. That's my student teacher. Um, <laughs> I was going to say... Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of taking, taking you guys on, taking you guys out here, talking a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, here. that's okay. That's you're the subject. Um, for me, uh, talking about music, and we we were talking about this earlier oh, as yeah. well. Um, it's I'm very much about the live show, and that's when you were sort of saying like being in a band, you know, was sort of like life changing for you. And that when I think of like music and playing a large role in my life. I feel like it was seeing music live, mm-hmm. and um, I was just curious what your thoughts are on that, and if if your band has plans to do more live shows. And um, I we've had, I believe we've the band as as the Oakstones. The Oakstones have had four shows. I have played in three of them, and everyone else has played in all four. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one show uh, with with the Pietro with Pietro that they that they played in their studio. Um, just just before he left and just before I came into the band. Um, but I would say that um, something that I like to do, I enjoy live. I enjoy the mood of live. I enjoy the energy, the adrenaline rush. Just before you get on stage, you're thinking to all your buddies, you're like, this is it, we're going on now. Um, and I would say that we're... A little bit of a jam band, mm-hmm. kind of like the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, in my opinion, we are a little bit better live, just because there's the mood, there's the atmosphere. It's a very um, not emotional, but but the atmosphere is driven. The mood is there. The mood is present. You're feeling good. You're feel you know you're feeling great. You're watching these four, you know maybe you're a couple of friends of ours, and you're sitting down. And you're like, wow, these guys are really putting on a show. Um, I believe the music that we have recorded is good. It's it's amazing. I love love it all to death. But I think that our live show tops our uh, recordings. So in your shows, I mean, it's still early days, but in your shows, has it been mostly covers then? No, actually. Really? We do have quite a lot of original material. Uh-huh. Um, I think for, for, the most, for the most recent, recent show, we played, I think, one cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played for, I think, an hour and 15. Wow. That's good. Yeah. What was the cover? Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, we played Under the Bridge. Nice. Uh-huh. Is that in memory of Patricio? Um, so you were maybe for that one song. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It was something that, that Pietro had always... Pietro. Uh, Pietro, sorry. sorry. Patricio. Patricio. Um, it's something that Pietro had always wanted to do as a, as a song, so it was kind of an homage yeah, to him. The, the show that we played um, before that, which was the one we had titled Lambert Stock... Right. As an homage to the, I believe it was a three-day festival Woodstock. Um, we had played in Bradley Lambert's backyard and played on his uh, his back deck and filled the backyard with people. And um, we played that song as an homage uh, to Pietro as kind of a, uh, I believe I said into the mic, just, just, just during the intro of the song, I said, 
This one is for Pietro, the Italian legend. <laughs> so that was definitely, uh, we definitely played that, that song. So an hour and 15 minutes of mostly original stuff. The Lambert stock was about an hour and a half, maybe two hours with a 15 uh, 15 minute intermission. So it was like an hour and 45 where we played two covers. I believe we covered little wing, Jimi Mm -hmm. Hendrix off of axis bold as love. And uh, we covered under the bridge off of um, blood sugar sex match. Oh, wow. There you go. You're on, you're on today. Um, and so we did those two covers, but all the other stuff that we played was originals. And we're just constantly at the studio writing new stuff. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of material, I would say. Little Wing's not easy. But I, I'm sure Bradley can play that. Little Wing is... It mm-hmm. sounds amazing. Yeah. The way, the way that we all come together. Nick is an amazing drummer. Uh-huh. His fills are exceptional. Well, uh-huh. Beyond exceptional, I would say. Um, Bradley, his solos, even when improvised, spectacular. Lucas's singing honestly fits the band's fits, fits the, the the sound of our band so much. Um, and the you know the playing bass for Little Wing is just I didn't I didn't learn the exact parts, but but um, playing bass is you know it's a little uh, it's kind of always the the role of the band that's kind of like oh it's just playing bass. You know, it's relative uh, easy. Well, easy to play, but when you do it correctly and mm. you do it properly and you add the nuances, then you're just making everyone else shine. Mm-hmm. That's um, that's something that Flea himself has said, is that as a bass player, you should listen to what the other people are doing and what everyone else is doing and compliment them with your playing so that you make them shine. Mm-hmm. So, but, I mean, when you hear Flea play, it's obvious it's Flea. Oh, like, yeah. he's got oh, his yeah. own style. He's, he's, yeah. Like I remember um, listening to Alanis Morissette, <laughs> A Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. And what song was that? Flea, Flea played on one of the songs. Oh, and I, I remember yeah. hearing it for the first time. I was like, is that Flea? And yeah. I looked it up and it yeah. was. Um, so it's very distinctive. Oh, yeah. Um, for your for your live performance, you were talking about how amazing it is because you get to interact with the audience and with your bandmates. How how'd you draw a parallel with your work in the theater? Oh, that's uh, yeah. There must be some crossover there. That's interesting. Maybe I thought of it, but like, is um, it, is good it, question. Are there some similarities to <laughs> the feeling you get when you've prepared for this the play and you get up there? Yes. I would say the emotion that I was holding um, in my heart, in my mind, and my hands uh, before the show, uh, before Lambert Stock, which is, I would say, probably the best show we've ever played. Um, the, the, the emotion prior to playing the first note, getting for the first, uh, through the first solo, through the first song, is extremely similar, if not exactly the same as the feeling you get before the first line of a play is said, or before the, before the first cue of, you know, a line, if a mm-hmm. light pops up, the, the feelings are so close, if not the exact same. And it's entertainment, right? Like, oh, yeah. At the end of the day, it's, oh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. definitely under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a little less, I would say, 
well, okay, a little more um, audience interaction, unless if, you know, it's one of those plays that requires mm-hmm. audience interaction. But um, with, uh, with our shows, um, it's like, you know, this is the song name, and then, you know, the, this is, you know, you know, maybe maybe there'll be a mention of it's about this and this. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Lambert Stock, I know I was taken out taken out the mic a little bit. I have I have my own song um, for the band that I sing that that we wrote, and so I had a microphone, mm-hmm. uh, and I was kind of taking on the audience and you know you know saying little things and people were people were like encore people were shouting encore encore and I leaned into the mic and I was like. Did someone say one more song? <laughs> so I was kind of kind of taking everyone on a little bit, but uh, yeah, I would say a little more, a little more audience interaction, yeah. just because you know everyone's cheering. There, you know, you know, someone Brad pulls off a really, really amazing solo, and you get someone just whistling or you know cheering, clapping. It's great, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. and feed off of that, right? It's, oh yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a back and forth. You play the song. And then the audience hears the song and they, they, they take it in and they, they put out, you know, the positive energy of the applause, mm. the cheering, right. the, you know, you guys rock or, you know, compliments. And then, then you take it in as a band member and you say, all right, they loved that one. Let's do even better. And it's just the constant build up and build up and build up until the finale of the show, which you just blow out of the park. That's, that's an aw- that's an awesome addictive feeling of oh definitely there's a lot of um actors i've talked to have also said the same thing they're like it's something that drives them they want to perform want to see i want to see people enjoying it Mm -hmm. that's i think something that drives me a lot is that seeing that other people are having a good time and just you know even making someone's you know someone's had a rough day and they're coming in to the show and they're like all right let's change the mood let's give it her give her all she's got and then you play the show and their day improves even seeing that is phenomenal and just an experience in itself improving someone's day through music is amazing can we talk about this new single that you have uh, what what is the single called the single tell us a little bit about it i believe i'm able to say the name i believe i'm able to say that it is called dark sunday it's uh-huh. called, the single is called Dark Sunday uh, by the Oaks. Well, it's already on your social media. Oh yeah, Dark I guess it, yeah. I'm not I'm not the one in charge of that. That's uh-huh. mainly Lucas. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we were. That was my first experience in um, the the studio part. Uh, I always say go down to the studio, but it's more of a jam session. But this was really in the studio with a producer who said, "Okay, we're going to play to a click track, which is just mm-hmm. a metronome." Um, and we're going to get all the drums first. And it's a, it's a very, uh, I would say not time consuming, not tedious, but hmm, maybe not even draining, uh, but a very, you know, trying, a trying process. It's very different from live performance, obviously. Indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the first time we ever had, uh, we, the, you know, the first studio session, I believe was a 15 hour, was a 15 hour day. Woke up 15 hours, 15 hours. Oh yeah. Woke up, got out of bed, you know, had my morning routine, um, went, got picked up by the mates, went down to the studio. We set up drums and we got all the drums recorded. 
And so, you know, that's your little, that's your little slice there, Solly. Um, got the drums recorded and then we moved on to the bass, which was my portion. And then we, uh, did the, I believe it was the guitar, the rhythm of the guitar and then the solos of the guitar and then finally the vocals. So the first day was, was the rhythm section was drums and bass. And that was 15 hours. So that was, you know, testing. That was very testing. Um, and then over time, the, the guitar, the rhythm guitars, once you have the rhythm, uh, the rhythm section done, having the rhythm guitar and the lead guitar and the solos and the vocals is very simple mm-hmm. because you don't really need anyone. You don't need the other bandmates because it's already recorded. Mm-hmm. You already have the track set up. And so you can go in as, you know, Brad can come in or Lucas can come in without any of us needing to be available. Mm-hmm. And they can go in and do their part. And then the producer, he sits in his little cave and uh, twiddles buttons. Twiddles buttons and I don't, I don't even know, just adjusts levels. I, I kid. He's a very nice man, our producer. He's very, very relaxed. A friend of, a friend of Lucas's father, I believe. Um, and so that was a very long experience. I believe we've been working on it roughly a month. Uh, yeah, it would probably be about a month. And Dark Sunday is available on social media oh, for yeah. artists um, and pleasure. At the, end of the, at the end of the month, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mid, I believe I've been told mid to late November mm-hmm. is our uh, time frame. Not a specific date yet. But uh, I know that it is nearing the end stages of completion um, and that it will be available on iTunes, uh, Apple Music. It'll be available on Spotify and should be available on YouTube as well. Um, I might be incorrect with um, iTunes or Apple Music, but I'm not too sure. As, as that's not um, that's not my my, no, my okay. I, I'm just I'm just the I'm just the guy who plays bass. <laughs> I just uh, do my part, and well, it's a little it's a, I do a little more than that. Um, I have input on you know what things sound, what way, and if there's you know a little too much twang or gain. Mm-hmm. You um, need more cowbell. <laughs> oh yeah. Throw in some more cowbell. Yeah, you can't get enough. Yeah, I have a sickness, and the only cure is more cowbell. More cowbell. (laughs) But yeah, it's a very, it's a very long process. It's Mm -hmm. fun. I would say it's really fun. Uh, I would say live shows are, um, you know, more fun. Mm -hmm. But um, it's more spontaneous. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. It's a different. It's a creature altogether. It's it's almost apples to oranges. Yeah. But it's more like. Uh, green apples that are kind of sour and you know reserved to to red delicious. Uh-huh. Right. So there's still. I guess, I guess a lot of it is the the produce. Like after you guys have it, all the instruments recorded. Do you get a chance to listen to how it sounds together yeah. and make adjustments and decide what you want to do with it? That's what um, the last couple of sessions have been. Mm-hmm. Is we've gone in and the producer has the mix. And, you know, he's told us, okay, so I've, you know, turned up the drums here and I've done this and maybe turned the the guitars down a little bit just so you have to, you know, it's kind of a balancing act. But um, that's what the last couple of sessions have been is just going in, listening to the mix and making our own thoughts Mm -hmm. and our own notes of, you know, 
maybe we can't hear the drums enough in this section, or maybe the guitars are a little too loud here, or maybe the vocals shouldn't have, you know, this this uh, amount of volume or um, effect to it. Has he added other effects or instruments or anything like that? No, it's all um, it's all our. I believe there is some reverb or echo. I'm not too sure. Mm-hmm. But if there is, if there are effects, they are minor. Mm-hmm. It's uh, this 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 single is a very, um, very natural, very few kind of uh, added things. It's very natural, very plug mm-hmm. in and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be a little, a little gain on Brad's guitar or a volume pedal, um, but it's it's something that I believe is good and it kind of has a not a not a classic i don't know i don't know it's hard to define mm-hmm. but it's rock it's rock and roll i can tell you that the chorus rock, very rock and roll it's great i love it it's amazing you guys are gonna love it i'm sure I'm looking forward to hearing it sure we will yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally looking forward to that so yeah mid to late november keep you keep your eyes peeled okay and what of the other hour and a bit of material that you already because you said you had already oh. some original material. Yeah. Um, Will you be like putting that into an album or something? Because this is a single that's coming. Oh out. yeah, this is only a single. Um, we are looking forward to uh, recording drum tracks mm-hmm. to um, get a new project going, um, and so we're constantly. I say constantly because I really do mean constantly. Um, just writing and you know creating new songs and trying new things and so we do have i would say enough material to form an album how long that will take to get that recorded is beyond me mm-hmm. um but i do know that we will be working on something like that i think though the album as a format is not on the way out necessarily but like with streaming music and the internet like right it, it seems like you know, a lot of people are going more just to like the singles market or, or shorter, you know, EP kind of yep. recording. I would, I would agree with you on that. Short form stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, it's hard to wrap, you know, things were done a certain way for so long, but to have a 10 or 12, you know, 50 to 60 yeah. minute album isn't really necessary. I oh, don't yeah. think anymore. I think but. it's, um, I think it's a little bit of a cycle. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you had, I'm not too sure what it was, pre-Sgt. Peppers. Uh-huh. Um, but I know that once Sgt. Peppers hit, um, you kind of had albums turn into uh, the main source of mm-hmm. um, pop, like, uh, gain. Yeah, because even, like, even through the 1950s and 60s, like, singles were quite popular, mm-hmm. right? Like, 45 yeah, yeah. RPM you get records, your 40, yeah. right? We'd have two sides or whatever, and yeah. you have two to four You get your A track and your B track, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the cool thing about albums is it was, like, a... It was a themed collection, right? Mm-hmm. Sergeant Peppers or Abbey Road, and it was all like the tracks were selected to be put on there for a reason. Dark Side yeah. of the Moon, mm-hmm. and especially Abbey Road. It was like you can't. Yeah. I mean, you can listen to the individual songs, but you kind of yeah. need to listen yeah. to the whole oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, it oh, yeah. makes more sense, right? Together, yeah, yeah. But whereas now, I see a lot of bands. Um, I listen to a couple of cover bands for jazz and. There's a funk band called Scary Pockets, and all they do is they release singles, and then once they have enough songs, they call that an album, mm. and that be- that gets put on iTunes, yeah. 
Right. So that's things the the way to do mm-hmm. things nowadays for sure. I would say so. Yeah, I would say that it's 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 moving towards, um, you know, giving people giving people you know singles and like oh when is something you know let's we've we've had this you know what else have you got i i do really have my heart set out though for an album um just because i think there's it's it's a very um it's important Mm -hmm. to have not only the existence of singles but the existence of an album Mm -hmm. i think it's extremely important for not only the music industry but uh well and i mean i mean the 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 band part of the music industry, the the source of it, but I think it's extremely important for the audience mm. part of the industry to have, you know, this this um, hype of the you know this excitement of oh new album you know mm. there's going to be a lot of stuff to listen to you know you mm. get very excited, whereas right. you know you have a single, you know not to undershoot it not to underestimate it but um, you have the single come out and you're like oh, okay this is really good you know this is really yeah, good you can only it's anticipation. So many times, right? Yeah. I think I, in my opinion, I think the way to do it is release a single and then maybe have some murmurings of an album, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know if people get really hungry or if people get really kind of you know, you know this is great and we we love this one a lot, but what else do you have? Maybe throw them you know another single mm-hmm. or maybe throw them like an acoustic or. You know something to keep them keep them going, and then once the album is completed, then you release that into the world, and you have this com- this compilation of, yeah. I would say, magic. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's the that's the great thing about an album. It's like you've thought about the whole. It's like one big thing where all of the the pieces in it are put together mm-hmm. and produced. For that album, there's like a feeling to it. Yeah. You, and then when you move on to the next album, it's like you're trying something different. Mm-hmm. Right? You may have, you know, all these things that you write, or you have, you know, all of these riffs and all of these lyrics, and you have all of these songs. But the one thing about an album, in and really good albums, like I'm talking, I'm talking real good albums, is they're carefully selected, mm-hmm. very carefully. Uh, curated, picked, if you will. Yes, curated. Yes. That is a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, to, I think, either tell a story with concept albums or to give a mood or to uh, convey a feeling or mm-hmm. kind of remedy a situation or, you know, any any of those things. So, yeah, that's that. So, do you guys have any gigs coming up? Coming up? Oh, uh, I'm not, I, I want to say yes, but I don't, I'm not too <laughs> sure. Um, well, when it does, you'll let us know. Yeah. When, yeah. We, when we have a show, uh, that is concrete and that we know we'll be playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I want to, I want to, I want to play live shows cause I really like, um, I, I, I enjoy recording, but of course, as I've said, I enjoy live a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I would like to play a little more live shows um, before, you know, we get gung-ho and go on and record uh, more stuff. But when there is uh, when there is a live opportunity for people to come see us, I'm sure we'll uh, throw that out there and let you guys know. Cool. So, Excellent. Yeah. Anything else you want to plug? Uh, follow our Instagram 
uh, we are at the Oak Stones. Great name. Um, we have a Facebook page at the, we are the Oak Stones on the Facebook. Um, and I believe that is all of our social media for now. But um, we will soon have, uh, we will soon, 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 mid to late November, keep keep that time frame in mind, we will be on Spotify, iTunes, hopefully, uh, iTunes, hopefully, and um, YouTube. So that'll be good. That'll be, that'll be that. Awesome. That's a really good beginning. Yeah. I... <laughs> I'm I'm getting some vibes. I listen to the song in my in my room in my with my headphones and with my speakers, my you know sound set sound system, and I might be you know a little too uh, too excited or a little too um, ambitious here, but I think this is the start of something great. Awesome! That's super. I exciting. have get that trumpet in there. I hope so. Get that trumpet in there and the ukulele. Yeah, yeah, and um, oh, what was I thinking? That's possible. Just uh, oh synth synthesizers, yeah. those are really fun too. Yeah, yeah. all those synth stuff. is coming back. It oh is. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the eighties are coming back around. So, well, it was good talking to you. Yeah, it was really fun. I quite enjoyed it. And we look forward to some great stuff coming up for the Oak Stones. Yeah, and from Mr. Anderson. Oh yeah, Mr. Not Anderson. Anderson. <laughs> yeah, Anderson. We'll, yeah. We'll see if I can uh, maybe maybe get some solo stuff going. I don't know. Might write some songs of my own. Who oh. knows. Well, surely not I. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, it's been a good. It's been a good talk. Cool. That's it. There we go. Okay. That's it. That's the podcast. Is that an hour and a half that we talked for? About? Almost. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, I gotta run. I can't. Oh, man, I kind of. I feel kind of bad.